0: I'm Michaela Kersey. I'm from the Harvard School of Public Health. Thank you so much for coming today. Um, My question is about how you approach the sort of overwhelming task of prioritizing the different health research options that are before you at any given moment in time, and the the really multi-layered trade-offs that exist therein. And in particular, I'm wondering about what your personal journey has been with it and what you've learned along the way. So prioritizing at NIH is a critical question, and it's one that is hard to answer in a quick uh, phrase, because there are so many factors that go into how this organization, with its 27 institutes and centers, tries to decide where the greatest opportunities lie a- at any given moment. We are fortunate uh, that even though we're part of the government and we're funded by the Congress every year that there has generally been a hands-off attitude uh, towards earmarks uh, for the NIH. That has not been the case for some of our fellow agencies, and they have suffered as a result when political sort of motivations begin to determine uh, what dollars you're going to spend on one disease or another. You can imagine how that can really distort uh, the opportunities. We have a few like that that pop up from time to time, but for the most part, uh, Congress recognizes that scientific opportunities are best decided uh, by scientists who can see all of the factors. So we try to consider, what is the burden of the disease? And that's not just how many people are affected, but how severe is it? Uh, What does it do as far as uh, your dailies and qualities and all of those measures uh, of the severity of a disease? Uh, But it's not just that. Otherwise, we would ignore rare diseases. Uh, We also wanna see, well, is this a disease which, although it may be uncommon, might shed light on a much broader problem? And then it's very heavily dependent on, is there a scientific opportunity right now Because it doesn't do any good to say, okay, we're going to focus on X disease and let's all spend some money on it if nobody has a single idea about what you might actually do for that. And those things kind of pop up and down depending on the state of science. And we ought to be responsive to that uh, when an opportunity arises where we could go much faster with a particular disease, we should do so. Now, we are constrained because the NIH budget, while I said it's not earmarked, It is assigned to each one of these 27 institutes and centers, and they each have an area of emphasis, a a set of diseases. And the Congress decides each year uh, what's going to go into that budget line. But the institutes are pretty clever about getting together and doing something collectively, shifting things around a little bit, so if a real scientific opportunity comes along and it doesn't happen to fit precisely into that set of budget lines, we'll do it anyway. And I now have a part of the budget called the Common Fund, uh, which is half a billion dollars a year, which is intended to be used for things that don't touch on any single disease, but could actually advance the whole field and that come along unexpectedly and are perhaps high risk but high reward, and uh, we're trying to use that fund in very creative ways to sort of fill in gaps that might otherwise just not get the attention they deserve. For me, you asked sort of personal uh, story, that's the part of the NIH budget that I've always found to be most exciting, the things that are unexpected that come along suddenly that you think, wow, I couldn't have thought about doing that last year, but I could think about doing it now. IPS cells, the induced pluripotent stem cells, that you can take a skin cell and turn it into a pluripotent cell that could become anything. Enormously exciting, unexpected. When I read that paper two years ago from uh, Yamanaka who uh, first proposed this, I literally got cold chills. It was just like, whoa, this is so unexpected. You can take four genes, and you can take a skin fibroblast, and you can convince it that it's essentially an embryo. And it could then become anything you'd like. And it's your cells, so it could be used to treat you if you needed those cells for diabetes or Parkinson's disease or spinal cord injury or whatever. I mean, unbelievable. So that's a field we want to push really hard right now to get it into the area of actual therapeutic applications, which are still hypothetical, but which we hope to get to as soon as possible. Yeah.
1: Much of science is investigator-initiated creative ideas that don't get directed by people. Like, yeah. like I, Francis is responsible for the NIH budget of 30 billion. I'm responsible for about $5 billion. And in, of that $5 billion, a lot of that is people who come in with ideas as opposed to an initiative in one way or the other so there is an awful lot of what we call scientific opportunity that generates the balance really is as Francis said very well the balance between the scientific opportunity and the public health demand if you look at my institute we have a what some people may think is a disproportionate amount of money spent on HIV AIDS of that five billion dollars about a third of it is spent on HIV AIDS you know you have a significant amount of 11 percent of the NIH budget is you know three three point one billion dollars on HIV/AIDS, and you know why not on tuberculosis or malaria? So there, are, it's, it was just that the scientific opportunity to get control of a disease that was emerging. And as the, the years go by, you're going to start to see a redistribution of those funds.
0: Um, so oh, my name Cody. I'm from NYU and with a focus on news media and technology. Um, so one of the things that's been awesome about Google is that you know, you can search for whatever you want yeah. and usually get an interesting answer. Um, so a kind of trend and a problem I've seen in context to the medical community is that people will be Googling their symptoms for a disease they have or there's some sort of pain or ilk, right? So what are you guys doing to make sure that not only that good information is out there about all these diseases, but it's at the top of the the Google search result?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This would
0: be the last question. Uh, I'm hearing this is the last question. Well, one of the things that NIH has worked very hard on is to try to provide this kind of validated scientific evidence that people can find. And part of that is to get the brand of NIH recognized as a source of reliable information. And NIH is, uh, last I heard, either the first or the second most highly used site uh, for health information Mm -hmm. in the world because it does have that credibility and it's got a ton of information there for people to find. And we're always tinkering around uh, trying to figure out how to make uh, the appropriate Uh, bells and whistles attached to the site so that it pops up high on the Google list, but you know, there are other ways that people game that system, and I'm not sure we're always completely successful. This is a big part of our mission, even though we are not necessarily uh, spending as much on it as perhaps we should be. But if we're doing all this science and not making it available to people, uh, it would be pretty, uh, pretty embarrassing. We've worked very hard on open access, uh, the whole effort to get the entire uh, world's medical literature available. And when Harold Varmus was NIH director, he started that trend. Elias Zerhouni continued it. I am certainly pushing that as hard as we can. And that's really opened up yeah. the primary literature to people who are willing to go to that level uh, in a remarkable way. I mean, if the taxpayers paid for this, they shouldn't have to pay again to look at it. That's been the argument. And I think that's been very successful. But there's still a lot of noise uh, out there on the Internet, and you can fall into some pretty bad potholes if you're not careful about (laughs) what you're looking at. But the more
1: correct information you get out there, statistically, the more (laughs) of it's going to get into Google. So if you just keep flooding the system with the correct scientifically-based facts, you're always going to get garbage coming up on Google, but I don't think we can do anything about that except flood the system with a lot more of science-based information.
0: Medline Plus is a particular website that's designed specifically for consumers who have questions about symptoms or diseases and which is done in a fashion that somebody with an 8th grade sort of familiarity uh, with science would find accessible and that's something we've put a lot of effort through, through the National (coughs) Library of Medicine, which is part of NIH. So when you see National Library of Medicine, that's us. Well I think we are at the end. Let me just say one exhortation uh, to all of you because I can't resist when we have a room of such talent and vision for the future. Uh, You all have in your hands uh, the potential uh, to change the world in ways that some of the rest of us have not quite succeeded at yet, although we're still working at it, too. Uh, My favorite quotation in that regard uh, comes from Peter Levi, and it is this, that hope, which we all have hope, right? We have hope for a better world. Hope in every sphere of life uh, is a privilege that attaches to action. So it doesn't do any good to say, well, I hope things will get better. I hope that we will solve this health problem. I hope uh, that we will figure out a solution to tuberculosis or malaria. I hope that we'll get our hands around the climate crisis or the energy crisis action. And you all are all about that. And I'm sure in this room there are people that are going to address and successfully address all of the problems we've been talking about and to the extent that we can help you Uh, at NIH, uh, we're delighted to do so. It's a great uh, opportunity right now, scientifically, to address things that have vexed us for all of human history.
1: Ditto, and remember, pay attention to the accidents that happen to you, because that may be the opportunity that gets you going. (laughs) That's right.